Welcome to America's Cannabis Conversation, heard at americascannabisconversation.com. We're part of the W420 Radio Network, and each week we provide you with information, education, and insight into the exploding medical and recreational cannabis industry. W420radionetwork.com. Time now for the lowdown on another high-time experience. Here's 420 lifestyle correspondent Rich Walkoff. All right, here at the Emerald Cup 2019, Rich Walkoff for W420 Radio Network with Troy Meadows from the Legion of Bloom. And we're not talking about Richard Sherman, Camp Chancellor, and, and er- Earl Thomas, are we? No. We're talking about the herb that is unique to what is live resin extract anyway? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a refined hydrocarbon extraction uh, where uh, we process at a negative 40 degrees centigrade so that we can capture the most robust flavor profiles from the cannabis strain. So when, when we create a cartridge, we have our new live resin California sauce, uh, refined live resin cartridge that just launched at the Emerald Cup. But the idea here is you actually get the taste of the flower in the convenience of a vape pen um, when, you're, when you're smoking with Legion of Bloom uh, vape products. So it's kind of like a hybrid. I mean, I guess a, a hybrid is a far, as, as, far as, as far as the experience goes, but on it, uh, the idea here is how can you create a high-quality extraction that, that really does give you that taste and that feeling uh, that you only get from smoking true flowers. Yet you have it in the vape. Yeah, exactly. So it's the best of both worlds in some respects. 100%. I mean, there's a convenience factor that goes with vaping. So, you know, the ability to kind of pull it out in your, in your pocket in any given situation and, and medicate or consume cannabis. And then, you know, if you want to smoke flowers, there's always a time and a place for that as well. I like I like to say that uh, a good vape cartridge is just a, an addition to the quiver, so to speak. There you go. Now, here we are in this tent. There must be a hundred vendors with all kinds of the branding is insane. The, the products is a cornucopia of cannabis. What is so special about Legion of Bloom? This live resin a- extract is that is that your signature offering? It's a new product offering that, that we're that we're launching here. Um, I think what ma- what separates Legion of Bloom is kind of where we come from. So you know we're a local Sonoma County um, organization. We're founded by five farmers. Uh, we come from a very deep medical roots from the uh, from the California cannabis uh, uh, culture. And, you know, we know cannabis and we also know really quality experiences. So we're always focused on experience first, uh, trying to bring the highest quality experience uh, to the consumer uh, and really looking at it from, you know, what would we, what, what do we really like? What do we want to see in the market? And, and then kind of shifting that based on what the needs are for, for, for the end consumer. But for us, it's really always been about extracting high quality terpenes and then using those terpenes in, in, in our different products to, to give you that, that, like I said before, that taste and feeling of smoking flour in the convenience of, a, of, a da- of an extract or a vape cartridge. Right. Now, are you talking about sun-grown, hydroponic, greenhouse, or all the above? So we use a plethora of uh, materials. We have a, a handful of farm partners in um, in Humboldt, Mendocino counties that we work with that provide us uh, flower inputs that are all sun-grown. Uh, there are some uh, greenhouse uh, farmers as well. Um, we used to have a farm in, in Sonoma County in 2017. It was actually completely destroyed in, in the wildfires that happened then. Uh, so it really... It forced us to reach out and kind of make lasting relationships with some of the farm partners that we, friends that we've already known that were going through the, the compliance regulation aspect and really just kind of getting their licensing together. And, you know, it, it's an unfortunate circumstance, but it did allow us to really grow the Legion and uh, really, you know, become a brand that uh, farmers can really stand behind 
to produce products with their materials and then ultimately bring their products to the market too. Uh, we have our new farm partner, uh, Humboldt Trees. We have their productized eights uh, at the Emerald Cup, and uh, we, we have them on our on our wholesale distribution menu as well. So they're one of our new brand partners. We're really excited to be working with them. Now, the weather in Northern California is ideal to grow outdoors, yet there seems to be some kind of pejorative stigma to sun-grown. Am I reading that right? No, I mean, I think it's really about what you, you know, different... It's really different strokes for different folks. I think sun-grown produces, especially in Northern California, Emerald Triangle, like you uh, mentioned, we produce some of the most amazing, not just potent cannabis, but flavorful cannabis as well. Like the microclimates that exist in Northern California allow you to produce sun-grown quality cannabis that is almost on par um, with uh, indoor-grown. And I think that's kind of the difference with sun-grown, much more sustainable, much more ecological. Uh, you're using the sun, so you're not using power. But, you know, with indoor um, you know, you really get fine, fine-tuned control uh, of the environment, so you can push and create a higher quality product. Uh, and we actually do both. So we have our farm partners that are uh, greenhouse producers and sun-grown producers, and then we also just uh, opened a forty-thousand square feet foot indoor facility in Oakland. Um, I think we moved the plants in Monday. So yeah, it's just li- literally just happening. And you know, that that facility is great. It's uh, we buy all of our power from clean energy. We're a ninety-nine percent water efficient facility, so we actually produce like ninety percent of our water from um, the environment. We pull it from the AC. We pull it from the dehumidification. We use that in a recirculating system for for feeding the plants. And then you know, we buy like ten percent of our water, and then we recirculate all of the water. So we pretty, and because we have a 90 plus percent efficiency, we only have to buy water like once a year, and it's a fraction of what we would normally spend if we weren't, um, you know, if we didn't have really robust eco-conscious environmental systems. Well, the Emerald Cup is blowing up here in 2019, and we're here with Troy Meadows. Your title with Legion of Bloom, sir? Uh, I'm the chief marketing officer, one of the co-founders. Okay. How long have you guys been rolling, and how is the progress? Uh, I mean, as an organization, like I said before, we're founded by five farmers. So to get combined, we have over 60 years of cultivation experience and and industry experience as far as cannabis goes. We formed the brand um, very toward toward the end of 2015. We launched our first product in 2016. But ultimately, we've all been friends. I've known some of my co-founders for almost 20 years. we're really like a band of brothers that got together knowing that as small farmers it would be really hard to compete in a industry that was going to be ever uh, expanding around us. And so we knew that by coming together as a group, we could combine forces and create something really special. And that's ultimately what birthed the Legion of Bloom. And how have your progress been in these few years? Uh, I mean, it's been... it's. <laughs> It's been a journey, right? I, I think if I hadn't already, you know, been in the trenches with some of my friends for so many for so many years, uh, you know, we know how to how to work with each other. We know how to communicate with each other. So we were able to really like have the kind of grit that's required to get through a lot of the hurdles that been that has have been placed in the regulated cannabis space, starting in 2016 and moving, you know, on until you know 2019. I think. Everyone can attest to if you're in the industry, you know, 2018 was a huge growing year and growing pain, a, a year of dealing with growing pains. Um, 2019 was kind of about getting in a good flow, but I'm hoping that 2020s, everyone should have really good systems. Metric is on board. Track and trace is, is, is inactive. Um, you know, everyone's kind of like moving through all this in a way that 2020 should be a really good year for growth for a lot of companies. No, a lot of people are claiming that California has erred on the side of agribusiness and major corporations that have moved into the cannabis industry in this state, making it more challenging for smaller outfits like your own to really make a mark and have an impact. What are your thoughts on that? 
I mean, I, I can say that if you're a really small boutique operation, you definitely have to really differentiate yourself, right? And I think with Legion of Bloom, we kind of fall in kind of a middle ground, right? We're definitely not the largest organization out there. We're a, we're a very small organization based in Sonoma County, but we have a very dedicated team and we really take compliance seriously. So when a lot of people were dealing with uh, the hoops of transition, you know, we were able to kind of apply systems at work, work through those systems, and then ultimately continue to build the brand. But I think what separates us apart is is really always focusing on the quality of the product. So let the product do the talking. You know, we do a lot of marketing efforts, but for us, everything is really focused at the at the point of sale, at the retail. Uh, we really want to make sure that everyone, uh, when you go to a, a retailer that, that provides Legion of Bloom, um, you know, everyone speaks really highly of the brand. And, and that way, you know, the brand can kind of grow itself through this word of mouth uh, right. organically and and if you like it you know you're going to tell your friends about it and uh, we've really just a hundred percent focused on product first so that way we can let the quality kind of help grow the brand well if you say grow organically and that is uh a metaphor for hopefully you are growing organically as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, you can't you can't technically call cannabis organic. That's an FDA uh, regulation, right? But you can try to you can produce it in the most organic way possible. And all of our farm partners really take uh, that sustainability model to heart. Same with uh, our indoor cultivation facility. You know how how can you you know quality in meets quality out, right? And I think that sustainable models for agriculture is a way that you continue to give back to the land as much as you're taking away from it, which ultimately means that your quality will stay consistent over not just years, but generations. And it's something we definitely try to model into our farm partners, our farm relationships, and then ultimately, you know, all of our own farming operations. Well, I guess you're in for the long game, and rumor has it, that's the way you live your life as somebody who is, a, did I hear correctly, an ultramarathoner? You did, yeah. I, I like to run insane distances on my feet. I think I mean, my, 50 to 100 mile a pop? Yes, 100K has been the largest distance I've completed to date, but it's a it's a lot of training and it's just a lot of uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes work gets in the way of training. But uh, one thing I think that I love about running is it allows me to get into that really creative space and, and really let go for these, you know, an hour, hour and a half. Sometimes my long runs are two, three, four hours long. And you can really get into this almost like a moving meditative space where I live in, I live, you know, it's, we're in this like startup growing of business men mentality. It's like a it, long hours, long weeks. And, and for me, just like to be able to let it all go and go into this like really interesting introspective space and then come back out of it and then get to apply like those subconscious things that I've learned in those moments, in those very small, it's, they, they become fleeting moments. A four hour long run almost disappears. You, you forget it even happened. But when you're out there and you're running 100K, you're going to go into a really interesting place, a really painful place. And, and I really like to push myself to limits. Um, obviously, I think you have to you have to like a little bit of pain if you're going to be in the cannabis industry. So, <laughs> so once again, you, your your running is sort of emblematic of your path in your in the cannabis industry too, in some ways. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty epic because I've been uh, around athletes my whole life as a sports reporter and watching the marathoners, and I have a friend who is a an ultra marathoner, and he talks similarly about the the mental challenges but the gifts that come with that has cannabis been instrumental in that for you or helpful or do you do it before during or after um all of the above right so 
I definitely have a regimen. Cannabis is a big part of my recovery. But, um, you know, when I'm out there, you know, 100K, that's like 63 miles, right? So there's moments where there's a lot of pain. Cannabis can help with that. It also is something that, like, I use during training, but then ultimately I make sure that I have some on me when I'm out there. Um, I'm not always going to use it, but I'm pretty consistent every couple hours. I like to pull the vape out mid-stride. Um, I like to have some edibles in my crew bag, so that way if I do get into an aid station, I feel like my mental game is where it needs to be, and I can uh, you know afford to, to add that to, to the mix. Uh, you know, uh, THC and CBD can, can do amazing things for your body, and, and it definitely helps me at least manage some of the discomfort that you, that you, you feel out there. So you can get in a transcendent state, countering the old paradigm of the stoner sitting on the couch, you know, eating chocolates and munching out and not wanting to move. You're the diametric opposite. Well, when you run like 40 to 60 miles a week, you can sit on the couch and eat all the chocolate you want. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but in the actual experience, 100%. you're struggling. You're in mile 25. You got 30 to go. And you might break out of vape to change the mental mindset. Yeah, and, and offer, I mean... I don't want to talk about, I'm not a doctor, I don't play one on television, but I mean, there's definitely benefits to, you know, uh, anti-inflammatory, uh, just helping manage swelling and pain in general, THC, CBD, they're really good at that. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, really it's that mind space, it's that mental place, and it's just getting myself into a place of comfort, and I'm comfortable with cannabis, I'm a very uh, functional user of the product, have been for a really long time, and, you know, it, it not only helps me when I'm on the go and moving, through just my day-to-day -day grind, but definitely out there on, on the ultra marathon course. And like, I mean, I'd be hard pressed not to be trying to smoke cannabis after the race is over as well. So, well, you happen to know that this week, Major League Baseball said they're no longer going to consider cannabis a, a taboo product. I've got a, a, a friend I know, Eben Britton, former NFL player who is now with cannabis advocacy to help professional football players deal with injuries and pain. And he used to vape before some NFL games to get in the zone, if you will. So I guess it's belying a lot of preconceived notions. 100%. I mean, this is great news. I, I, this is the first time hearing about the MLB. That's huge. And, I mean, I think that, like, so it's, it's like with cannabis, it's like it does different things for different people, right? And you're able to use it in different ways depending on who you are, what strain you're consuming. Um, some people, they really don't like cannabis, but the people that do like it, they find that it helps them. And I think that, like, there's no difference to me in smoking cannabis than, like, popping some ibuprofen if you're going to think about, like, using it for pain management or, like, dealing with aches and with, like, different aches that you deal with. And as a professional athlete, I mean, these guys are grind. I mean, talk about the grind, right? I mean, every day, I mean, in the NFL, they say it's, it's a hundred, it's, it's not a if, it's a win, right? You're always injured. You're always playing injured. Running is the same way. It's not like a, you're not going to, there's very few runners that don't deal with some sort of injury in their career. You know what I mean? And if you have something that can help you that's not a pharmaceutical, I say more power to you, man. There's, there's nothing wrong with it, in my opinion. So. Well, the endocannabinoids and the cannabinoids in the, in the herb are the match from our body in the plant. So how about the CBDs and your usage on ankles, knees, joints after long runs? We have an actual a hemp-derived CBD product uh, called Zana Ease, and it's actually formulated to help uh, soothe uh, the body when you're talking about uh, inflammation, ache and pain, aches and pains. It's an Ayurvedic formulation. It's all organic carrier herbs. It's, a, it's a basically essential oil formulation with maharan oil, which is an infusing of like 20 different um, herbs, and then that's mixed with uh, sunflower, sunflower infused CBD, and that all comes together. And what you end up with is, is like it's an amazing product that really 
does ease ease the body, and that's really what it's meant for. And I use it. I usually carry that with me as well. So I'll use that mid race if I'm dealing with a lot of uh, swelling in the knees. It really helps with that. And then ultimately, you know, post race for sure. Do you have scientists creating these compounds? Um, well, we work with for our CBD. We work with uh, Colorado-based, um, locally grown um, extractors and locally grown um, hemp-derived CBD. Um, our formulations are coming from trained Ayurvedic specialists. So these are people who've gone to uh, school to become Ayurvedic doctors, and they're helping. Uh, they help us to create the Ayurvedic formulation. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Ayurveda, it's just a, a really great form of preventative medicine, um, and it works with you. It uses different herbs and your body and the way your body works to create combinations of food and combinations of herb and, and different things, right, to optimize who you are. And uh, they do it in a really uh, intuitive way. But for us, we're just trying to create products that really work. And, and we know that Ayurveda works. It's it's known science. And, uh, you know, adding CBD to that is just kind of like adding that plant power of cannabis to the already plant wisdom of Ayurveda. So. Yeah. So, again, it's a holistic approach in the mind, body, spirit. And the, and the cannabis and the extracts are in harmony with that. 100%. And even with our cannabis products, you know, we, you know, we have a... Um, a biologist on staff, our chief extraction officer, has an organ, or, or, organic chemistry and biology background. Um, I'm excited for the indoor facility because it's going to allow us to really uh, dial in how our inputs come in. And then for us, uh, you know, for us, it's really going to be about, you know, producing, uh, getting back to producing more solventless extracts. I think that's really big for us. We started the company um, with solventless products and ultimately had to had to kind of move away from them for a little bit. And now that we have the indoor, indoor facility, you know, without having a, a farm, it was really hard to like ha- have really quality in, in, inputs for uh, really boutique solventless extraction. So we're really excited to kind of get back to doing some of that and ultimately just scale, uh, continuing to scale and grow the organization. You know, we're, we're firmly based in California, but we would definitely love to have a footprint in, um, in multiple states. So. You know, I guess there's also a challenge for the consumer because they're bombarded with so many new products and so much new science. So how do you gauge the education of the cannabis advocate today? I mean, it really depends. We've done a lot. We do a lot of work with education at the retail floor. So we'll go into our retail partners. We'll do staff training sessions on the brand. We'll talk to them about terpenes. We'll explain to them about our extraction process. We'll, we'll, We'll let we'll we'll make sure that they understand that like with cannabinoids, endocannabinoid system, and with terpenes, they're all working together to help create these different effects for people. Um, and ultimately, cannabis is a very like it's a unique perspective, right? Everyone, uh, you and I can have two completely different experiences based on just this consuming the same strain. So mm-hmm. like the body works differently, and just letting people understand like hey, it's not really the total percentage of THC that's in this that's going to do it for you. It's really about knowing what works really well for you, doing some experimentation, understanding that this is like a, like kind of figuring it out for yourself and what really works, but ultimately, you know, trying to educate the retail floor so that they can direct uh, patients to the right brands, right? Mm -hmm. We don't think we make a product for everyone, but for us, it's really about a discerning user that's looking for uh, quality of experience over percentage of THC. And what's your flavor of choice as the ultra marathoner? What do you go to? So we have a, a one-to-one CBD product called Revive. Uh, we use that in, the po- in our, pa- our Pax AeroPods right now. I love that product. It's very uplifting, as the name just, uh, suggests, but the one-to-one CBD-THC ratio is actually uh, does amazing things for you when, uh, when you're kind of in that space where you're partially in zen and partially in pain, right? Um, and then as far as the, the strains go, our new California sauce products are, are really amazing. Our, our forbidden fruit... Um, uh, Pax Pod is 
by far one of my favorite products I think we've ever produced. And then, you know, we're just launching the new 510 threaded cartridges here at Emerald Cup. So there's a couple different strains there that I really do like. Um, if I had to select my favorite, favorite strain, uh, the F Florida Juicy Fruit is, is my number one. If I, if I had to smoke one last spliff before I go, it, it I would ask for, for some Florida Juicy Fruit. Pretty amazing stuff, Mr. Legion of Bloom, ultramarathoner. Troy Meadows, pleasure talking with you today. The Emerald Cup 2019 here at Santa Rosa in the epicenter of what is all green and clean and all good. Thanks for your time. Thank you, sir. Best I appreciate of luck. it. Appreciate yeah, man. It. Blessings. Are you interested in learning more about cannabis? Have you thought about starting your own cannabis business but don't know how? If so, we invite you to join the Cannabis Conversation with other people like you who are looking at the exciting opportunities in this exploding business. Listen to America's Cannabis Conversation. You'll hear from industry experts and get insights into the cannabis industry. For archived shows and for more information, log on to americascannabisconversation.com. It's time for Women in Cannabis on America's Cannabis Conversation, part of the W420 Radio Network. Didn't you get the memo? Here's Chase Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. This is Chase Roberts, Women in Cannabis correspondent for the W420 Radio Network. It's a pleasure to introduce Gia Marone, president of Women Grow, founder and CEO of GVM Communications, board member of Minorities for Medical Marijuana, advisory board member of the Cannabis World Congress and Business Expo, and has over 25 years of expertise in the communications industry. Gia, welcome. Thanks for being here. How are you? Thank you so much, Chase. It's an honor to be here. And um, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Me as well. And I'm sure our listeners are too. Um, Let's start with Women Grow. It is the largest professional network for women in the cannabis industry. Um, please tell us about its mission. I know it has four different points to its mission. Maybe we can go over some of that. Absolutely. So Women Grow was founded in um, 2014 in Denver, Colorado by Jane West and her co-founder, Jasmine Hump. And the company expanded nationally. Well, I would say internationally because we had um, markets in Canada as well. So we were certainly an international and still are an international um, company. I started out in the New York market, but what attracted me to Women Grow was its mission, its mission which was to educate, empower, it was to connect, educate, empower, and inspire the next generation of cannabis leaders. And I love that. It just spoke to me because one, I already understood that there were a lack of women representation in the industry. And that's the whole reason why Women Grow was founded. And really what I feel like created such um, a strong community in the industry to invite more women from other industries, right? Or, or those who are considering starting a business to enter this industry. I, I found that according to Weed Week, only 8% of CEOs in the cannabis industry are women. Um, and I know you can speak to that. I think it's also 20, there's only 27% of women are in the cannabis industry. 
So did you find that was kind of the real impetus to get women grow, to have their four objectives of connecting, um, educating, inspiring? Mm -hmm. What is the tangible that you provide for your members that help build that? Absolutely. And, and I'd like to add on to what you um, asked earlier in terms of numbers. And when you think about the cannabis industry today, there's a number of companies that are publicly traded. And of, I think it's like, I think we're probably at what, like 30 um, publicly traded cannabis companies. And only two of those publicly traded companies are women CEOs. That is mind blowing. It truly is. So I wanted to add that because while there's only two and yes, there should be more, it's also something for what I feel like are small business owners who are starting in this, this industry to aspire towards, because I know those two CEOs and they're incredible women. And I do know where they started and where their companies have grown to. And so when we talk about connecting uh, you know, we, we use the term less members and we use the term more community, you know, yes. we're connecting through community, right? The whole point of our signature networking events, which um, started out in 2015. And then, you know, again, until the pandemic, we were still hosting, the world right? Shut down. Monthly, right? The, the yeah. whole world shut down. You're absolutely right. Uh, we were hosting these monthly networking signature, the, the signature networking events, right? And this is where like minds came together every month. And this is where people found their business partners. This is where they were introduced to new ideas and new topics in education. This is where people found their service providers. So it was a true community, right? So that's why part of our, our mission is to connect. The education part people often found at our signature networking events. Why? Because there was always a time dedicated to panel discussions or keynote speaker. And those meetings were often themed, right? So perhaps it was um, cannabis and caregiving, or perhaps it was um, learning um, how to identify the best attorney for your business. And so it was a mixed use of information, but always something that people could walk away applying to their personal or business. And then when you think about the empowerment piece of it, uh, I mean, when you hear many of these speakers or meet many of these people at our events, you can't help but to walk away and be empowered by that and inspired by the work that people are doing. And in addition, what we we're doing again pre-pandemic. We also hosted the largest women's conference in the industry, and that was our leadership conference. And the last one we held was in 2019, unfortunately, because we weren't able to help hold one in 2020. And um, we were trying to hold one in 2021 and to do something virtually. And there's still plans to do something at least small scale this year, but. Right. Fingers crossed. I'm going to cross them for you. Oh my goodness. Well, fingers crossed for something small this year, but double fingers crossed that, you know, if we are all in, able to um, be more healthier and safe, just given the, um, the virus, perhaps we can have an in-person event. 
And I think that's really what led us to move everything virtually. Um, so, you know, in regards to our events, right, we've been doing a lot of things virtually to reach more people, to continue the community engagement and to um, continue the education. Fantastic. And if our listeners want to get involved with Women Grow, how can they join or be part of or volunteer or whatever they might want to bring to the table? I love this question because we get it all the time and everyone's like, I want to become a member. And I was like, well, actually right now, now is the best time to just follow us on all of our social media platforms. And here's the reason why. What we learned during the pandemic is that everyone ran to social media for connectivity, right? And this is where, you know, you watch the virtual conferences. And so through our partnerships right now, um, we've got incredible partnerships with a number of leading companies in the industry that want to support what we're doing. So for example, tomorrow, um, and I don't know when this is airing, but here's an example of education. Tomorrow, we're doing a whole talk on supplier diversity. And so we're introducing what supplier diversity is to the industry. Why? Because it's not just about getting products on shelves. It's also about these companies hiring women-owned, diverse-owned businesses to service them, whether if it's delivery, whether if it's waste management, whether if it's accounting, it's like uh, HR. The whole industry needs to open up, be inclusive of everyone. Exactly. But also introducing an emerging industry to opportunities that we, you know, we've seen in other sectors, right? We've seen another mainstream, but this is something that's very new for cannabis to have supplier diversity. And so, you know, for those who are looking to get involved, we say, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, our LinkedIn, we were told so many um, uh, businesses have had their best hires by posting career opportunities through us. And they were so thankful that we were posting jobs and that we were encouraging people to take a look at some of the companies. I was actually going to ask you, what are some of your, if there's a few that stand out, some of your major success stories? I'm sure there's many, but there's so many, but I mean, and I love this question. So I want to just finish back. So anyone that, that is asking, how do you join? How do you follow? We certainly encourage you to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Why? Because we're really engaging there. We post a lot of information that's part of the connectivity and education. But success stories, again, I'll use tomorrow's panel um, as a great example. One of the speakers uh, was a former Women Grow Market leader. And I remember meeting her in 2017. And she came to our leadership conference um, with one bar of soap. It was a CBD infused soap. And she had a whole product line. She said, I'm just coming with this one bar of soap. So I meet her and we talk and she's telling me how she wants to get more involved. And so, you know, from that meeting, we then engage and and eventually she, you know, decides to take over the Arizona market. Well, that was 2017 into 2018. 
Today it's 2021. This woman has a full metables line. She has a full product line. She's got warehouses. She now has a partnership with one of the leading MSOs. Can you say the company or? Absolutely. It's called 420 Collectives. Okay. And that woman that I met with the bar of soap was Marvina Thomas. Wow. And, and we're so proud of her and the work yep. that she and her team are doing. Huge, 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 huge. The will, the way it happens. How many people do you think are in your community at Women Grow? A rough guesstimate. And obviously you mentioned global as well. So I'll give you pre-pandemic numbers because okay. it's a little different now, right? So I would see um, nationally, it, based on our meetings, you know, so attendance at our meetings were average, averaging anywhere from 150 to the most like 350 people at a meeting, right? Our, uh, our membership had gone, I think, probably up into the thousands. But what's interesting is that we're not just exclusive to members, right? Because we figure if you're coming to the meeting, you want to be a part of the community. And we don't want membership to be the reason why you cannot join and why you cannot be a part of it. And so that's why we changed the language from members to community right, to create a more inclusive, we don't want anyone to feel left out that if their member dues or something that they just couldn't participate. So that's why I, I went to attendees. And so when I look at the number of attendees we had pre-pandemic across the country, we were well into, um, I think like averaging about, uh, about 10,000 people plus per month, like going to these meetings, like that's incredible when you think about where people were going. And, and, you know, I think they couldn't wait at times to wait until the next month. So they were always looking for more engagement and more things to do. So, you know, kudos to, to all the market leaders and all the incredible kudos, people out kudos there. Kudos to women grow. And you know what? I do want to switch gears a little and give kudos to you because I want to add that not only are you the president of Women Grow, you're the founder and CEO of GVM Communications. Yes, thank and you. 2019 was ranked in Forbes as one of the leading PR firms in cannabis. Thank so you. You are on the whole other side as well. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your communication? Sure, absolutely. Thank you so much for asking. And so GVM stands for Great Visions in Minds. And so many people ask, is that your initial? I was like, no, no, it was just an idea that came to me in um, 2012, which believe it or not, the company launched April 20th, 2012. And I had no idea (laughs) of the significance in 2012 would lead me into the industry because I didn't and I didn't start my company with the mindset of I'm going into the cannabis industry. I started the company because I had already had prior years in PR and I thought, well, why not give it a try myself? You had been the media relations specialist or point person at Goldman Sachs for 15 years. How yeah. do you feel being in that industry helped you carry some of those uh, things you learned and skill sets into being in the cannabis industry? Oh, it prepared me beyond more than my expectation. In what sense? 
do you think the most beneficial? So what's interesting about financial services overall is that it touches Mm -hmm. everything that we do in this world, right? I mean, it really, um, when you think about, you know, manufacturing, legal, you think about, um, you know, mergers and acquisitions, you think about everything that's happening. And what I, when I look at the cannabis industry, as I already mentioned, there's 30 plus something publicly traded companies. And so when I hear that a company in the cannabis industry is emerging, I understand what those transactions are like. When I hear about supplier diversity, I'm very familiar with that because at Goldman Sachs, they had a supply diversity program. And so many of the things that I experience in the corporate setting, I'm seeing evolve and develop here in cannabis. And right. so that's why I say it prepared me more than my, you know, more, more than I could ever believe because this is an emerging industry. So we're really starting from soup to nuts, like just square. We need everything. everything. In 2019, you were honored at the Cannabis Trailblazer Awards, which honors people of color who are pioneering in the cannabis industry. And I wanted to ask you about that, that how did it feel to win the first year of those awards? And what award did you win? You know, it's, it's so interesting. So um, I often tell people, one, I didn't know I was going to end up in cannabis. I didn't know. I had no idea. It had you asked me in 2011 and 2012, I still wouldn't have known that I would be here. But what I, when I look back and I see my prior work experience as well as my upbringing, I realized that it was actually preparing me for the space that I'm in now. And so I was awarded the trailblazer because of the works that we're doing, not only with GVM communications, but also with women grow. We partnered with the first church in the United States and actually globally to host the first cannabis conference. And the fact that, you know, the religious leaders at this church felt it was important to bring that access of information to the community free was something that really ended up being a conversation between myself and a pastor and him being very open to it. Uh, It was maybe it was, you know, some of the work that we're doing now with a college and that other um, higher institutions in bringing that education um, to students as well as to the community. So I don't, you know, it's, it's weird to kind of talk about awards, but what I would say is I understand why I'm here and I want to continue moving forward because I see the opportunities. I, I, I like to say that women grow was the gateway for me into the, into the industry. Do you remember the phrase like gateway drug? Right. And I'm like, no, let's turn that negative into a positive. I see this, uh, this industry and this legal industry being the gateway into limitless opportunities for all of us. And especially for those that really thought, you know, wow, here's an opportunity to start over. Here's an opportunity to contribute to my community. Here's an opportunity to discover a new medicine that could really help and heal people. And here's an opportunity to get with like-minded people and just create incredible stuff. 
I can't wait to see how the industry develops with people like you taking charge, helping it grow in all the right ways. Gia, I really want to thank you for your time. It's been such a pleasure. And for our listeners, if you missed any of this great interview with Gia Moran, you can go to W420 Radio Network and click on the archive section to listen to this and other great interviews. And we'll be right back. You're listening to America's Cannabis Conversation on W420RadioNetwork.com. America's newest and fastest-growing cannabis-focused radio network is expanding across the country and looking to add to our sales and marketing team. America's Cannabis Conversation offers listeners insight and information on the exploding world of cannabis. It also gives advertisers the opportunity to reach a hyper-targeted audience, literally neighborhood by neighborhood, in markets all across the country. We're looking for a few motivated individuals that want to essentially run their own local business. To learn more about this exciting opportunity or to apply, visit americascannabisconversation.com. Welcome back to the conversation. And this is Dan Perkins. And joining us today is Brent Zidal, who has been on our show before several times. And we're talking about the revolution that he's starting in Canada of shipments directly to medical marijuana users uh, by prescription, avoiding having dispensaries. So welcome back to the conversation, Brent. My pleasure. Given what you've done and, and you're reinventing the delivery system to the customer, uh, in the, at least in the medical space, what are the traditional dispensaries? What are that? What's their reaction to what you're doing? That's a that's a good question. So the traditional dispensaries that we have in Canada right now, their their focus is on a rec product, and they're allowed to have storefronts based on having access to a rec product, and they try to back into what I call the wellness markets, which are mostly CBD centric, and then they try to talk about some of the pharmaceutical sides or medical markets as well. But their focus is primarily for the user's experience in a recreational uh, a recreational experience. Ours is an online presence for a prescription for a prescribed product of cannabis that's going to be used for a true medical application. And so that's where the, the lines are a little bit different. So what's really going to happen over time is then what people and our patients were seeing is that if they try to use a rec product to manage a, a true ailment, it it's it's really frustrating for the patient because they never seem to have the same as precision in the products. If you have a a, a brand name product that's the, that they're trying and they're trying to use it as a medicine, they find that there's a lot of variability between batch lots and between times when they take it, even though it has the same name, come from mm-hmm. a different grower or whatever it might be. When you take in a medicine, the patients are really using uh, something that they need less of to manage a symptom than they would otherwise to get high. So for example, 
To manage a chronic pain condition, a person only needs to use about one-tenth the dose that it would take to get high. So getting high is basically an overdose response. But people who are using it to manage pain or managing a symptom like my, my, my dear late aunt, and Gloria, who was using for managing her lymphoma, she wanted to use cannabis to manage her symptoms and allow just enough so she can get a good night's sleep and not be you know, stoned when she wakes up in the morning or not have mm-hmm. enough that she can... You know, she can get a good sleep. And so that precision that we have to bring into this is a different, almost a different, it's, it's a completely different product. Even though it comes from the same plant, it's a different product because of the precision that's built in behind it. So right. the patients I've... can then use to rely on that as a, as a true medicine. So they can self-titrate, it's called, or self, they learn the experience with that. And then they can learn, they can be more predictable when they use it every single time. I, I, I've done, uh, as you can imagine, every week uh four to six interviews uh on the show and uh, for almost a year and a half and and pain is the number one reason uh we have uh uh medical only here in florida where i'm from and i went in oh three years ago two years ago when it first started and then i went back a year ago and i talked to the doctor who set up the, the practice and i said when you started three years ago what did your business model call for? And it said, he said, the average age of our customer, we anticipated to be between 25 and 35 years of age. And I said, so how did it turn out three years later? Average age is 55. We have patients under 55, but we have a lot of patients much older than 55. In fact, my oldest patient is 92. And what's the principal reason they're with you? Pain. Now I've heard I've talked to people like yourself, industry experts who who are saying what you're saying, and that is, the formulation of what you use for medicinal purposes, medicine, is different than what you're doing for recreation, and you can't you can't force one into the other. You can't take a medicinal product and satisfy a recreational user, and you can't take a recreational product for a medical use. So you've you've got a clear space, but but if right. we separate the products and simply just look at the delivery mechanism. How long is it going to be before you can deliver recreational product? Yeah. The, the recreational products are to, to be able to supply them online. I think it's they're, they're protecting their dispensary um, components and, and they're, they're all run by the different jurisdictions. And so there could be something that changes with that in the future. But to, I would, to your point about, the difference for your listeners on a recreational product versus a medical product, and what we've learned is that there's what I call the entourage effect. It looks like when our science is pointing to that you need at least two, if not three different natural cannabinoids are referred to, like THC, everybody knows the acronym, or tetrahydrocannabinol, is one cannabinoid. CBD or cannabidiol is the second, and there's a whole number the plant itself produces 122 different cannabinoids now we know there's seven that work on a human being or interact with a human being but there's only one that we know well, i shouldn't say one there's probably two of thcb so thc and thcb cause people to be to that recreational experience so the recreational products are usually centric on thc only as mm-hmm. much as possible with some other things the medical products that are coming out are going to have Maybe THC is a base as a part of it, but it's a complement. So you'll have a two or three other ones that are really adding 
a cumulative benefit. And that's where we're starting to see the division between the two products emerging. And that's where it becomes, again, more precision. So if we have to go for three different cannabinoids in a formulation, we have to give the succinct presentation of that every single time, as opposed to a rec product, which will be more THC-centric, but it'll have the terpenes and all the other sensory components that go with that to bring on an experience. The other, that's, that's, that's amazing. The, the, the one thing that I've been hearing more and more about being discussed is terpenes, that it's almost, it could t- turn into a separate class because of what you can do with them. And there are so many variations that you can change flavors or texture of a smoke or whatever. Uh, is that an area of where you might see some significant growth? We don't, like, we're not studying in that area of research right now on the terpenes. And it's because... There's a you know there's seven or eight different terpenes that are sort of commonly found in cannabis-based plants, and they're all in different ratios. And in fact, uh, really, from your listeners' perspective, when we first started this program 20 years ago for the Health Canada, the Health Canada didn't know what they wanted for uh, for a variety, and so uh, for many years they gave us uh, stuff that came from successful convictions, and they had to screen through a different number of plants to find them one that they would consider using for research. Well, we mm-hmm. screened through 25,000 different lines of cannabis plants. Mm. And the most curious part of that was that every single different line of cannabis plant had a different smell. And, this, and the employees at the time started calling it by their smells. Like this was Blueberry Hill, and this was Jack Pine, and this was Skunk. Mm-hmm. and this, So the smells, every plant had its unique signature, terpene signature, which we thought was curious because that, you know, that really wasn't what we were trying to base everything upon. But mm-hmm. the terpenes themselves are, you know, they definitely add to the sensory component and may add to somebody, you know, automatically starting to relax when they start to feel the smells because it has a, a, a tremendous um, benefit for people to help them to immediately relax when they start smelling those things if they're thinking of that. But in mm-hmm. our case, we're trying to use formulations that are oral presentations. And so we've said, well, we think we just want to focus on the cannabinoids that are really contributing to this. And we'll leave the sensory stuff for the recreational market. And so the terpenes for the recreational market. I don't know if we're going to, we've got to do, there's a different body of research that has to be to look at terpenes as how they're really impacting and benefiting for a human being. But I think there is something possibly there, but that's not something that we're doing at the moment, just because our, our body of work is so extensive. You know, if you can imagine the permutations, you have seven different active compounds and you're trying to put them into a, into one capsule what the work is in behind that that has to happen. The combinations are on the stratosphere. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what Brent has done is, is he's, he's created, in essence, for medical purposes, with prescription, home delivery of product, which I think is absolutely amazing. So how long have you been doing that, Brent? Well, we started, uh, you know, the, my experience and our team's experience, previous company, we started in December of 2000. So we've been authorized federally um, from from then. Now, of course, from your listeners, they may remember the name Canamed, and we did a there was a big um, um, hostile takeover by Aurora in 2018. But I started this company three days later, and so now because the mission wasn't complete, we are just beginning to understand how the medical application of these entourage effect was impacting on people, especially as it relates to managing pain, chronic pain. And so we were saying, mm-hmm. we've got to get further into this because we're just beginning to understand that. And now we've got to pick up where we left off. 
and that's how come we've had just 35 people came with me to start the business and now we're well on our way to finding out get, drilling down on the clinical efficacy of why these things work on chronic pain and so the the delivery service how long have you had that out well this one we've only had this this particular we've been relicensed uh, uh now for just over three weeks and what's been the reaction of consumers favorable reaction by consumers they've uh, they've actually appreciated the fact that they can you know get it ordered the biggest challenge i have to be honest with you dan is that um, amongst all the covid speak getting airtime has been challenging because of competition as i really want to talk about what's happening with the pandemic so getting airtime is uh, is has been a real challenge to get the word out <laughs> but other than that the people that hear it have really appreciated it well you know it's interesting to me because i think that you there there's a group in Vancouver uh, whose uh, last fall was reporting that they were starting a study to see whether or not cannabis could have a positive impact on the coronavirus and treatment for people. Um, you're right, the, the airways have been saturated with, with, with coronavirus, and uh, that's why our audience is growing like crazy. Um, because people want to know more about alternatives to what's going on. So any new major uses as, as far as treatments that are coming up the ladder? I know pain is one. Uh, sleep deprivation is another. Uh, anything else uh, expanding more rapidly than others? Any issues? Yep. Uh, there's, um, we have a, we're we're going to have a product that's non-TAC-based, that we're investigating right now for managing, managing pediatric cancer pain. So we've discovered something there for managing pediatric cancer pain for um, that is non-THC-based. And then we have a third uh, uh, candidate that is looking at um, managing anxiety, depression, and PTSD. Again, it's a very low THC-based product, but it's a higher in the other and other uh, minor cannabinoids, and we found uh, we found some benefit there for people. Um, we previously had people who were managing anxiety well with this particular product, and we've been able to link something together. So, those are our three main areas that we're looking at of, of fostering. In the pediatric space, pediatric. And I, did I hear you correct? Pediatric cancer patients. Yep. Okay. Yes. Um, so, so pediatrics, uh, so we have to be careful with THC. A lot of the listeners will know that THC is, can be very problematic for people under the age of 20 uh, mm-hmm. because it, it really does impact on the in brain development. So we, wanna, we, we tried to hunt for a, a product that could manage pain but without having to, to, to be focused on, uh, or having THC present. We've made some discoveries on that, and now we're hoping to push that along as well. So if, if we... Um, I'm I'm working in that field with with another uh, natural product, and um, I'm fascinated because I, you're right. But but it's it's not THC free. It's low THC. No, this one will be a THC free product. It would uh, be able to. It'll but it'll be a complement of them. As I mentioned, the other seven will be complement of the other three three different cannabinoids. That are not TAC <clears throat> as it as it treats to, to managing cancer pain. So, so we've just made the discovery on that. How does that compare to say CBD, which is no, no THC? Part of CBD is part of the of the of the group. So CBD is part parcel of that, but there's two other ones in there as well. <clears throat> and so what we have is that we're just trying to make sure that, that the cannabinoids have a very 
unique role in the human being. I mean, it's, you know, if I step back, if we all step back for a minute, I mean, cannabis has been around for 4,000 years mm-hmm. uh, that we have in recorded history, but we don't, you know, if you think about it, we don't, we have very few products that are cannabis based in the medical arena. And, mm-hmm. you know, if after you get past the you know, ibuprofens and acetaminophens of the world, you get, you get, you know, doctors move straight to the opiates and mm-hmm. that's, there's a gap there. You know, and I think the can, the cannabinoid based medicines have been artificially suppressed from their right. development since 1937. And mm-hmm. I think now we're just beginning to understand that there's more than just one active ingredient in there. There's six or seven active ingredients and we're just finding the right complement to put them together. That's having a benefit to a human being at a certain stage of life. And I guess that's what we're discovering right now. Brent, we're almost out of time. I just want to ask you one more question on this pediatric thing. Since it doesn't have any THC in it, can it be sent out of Canada to the States? Well, once uh, once we get moving on it, uh, of course, we have to, it's a new drug product entity. We have to go through the formal process. So we can't ship directly to the United States until we have the FDA approval on it. But eventually, uh, we will, yes. Super. That's terrific. Thank you for spending so much time with us and, as always, giving us tremendous insight as to your brain and what your people are doing in your company. It's, it's been exciting to have you. Brent, tell people how people can follow you and your company. Yes. They can look at zyus.com. It's a Z-Y-U-S.com. And, of course, if they want to look a little bit deeper, they can zyus.ca. And then the, our phone number is the is the one eight three three seven one three care, which is two two seven three. Brent, thank you for joining us today. Once again, my pleasure, Tim. If you missed uh, this important interview with lots of new things going on in the cannabis space with Brett, you can go to w four twenty radio network dot com, go to the archive section, and listen to this interview and another recent interview with Brett you'll be in a position to learn more about what he's doing with his company. Thank you for taking part in America's Cannabis Conversation at americascannabisconversation.com. Each week, we provide our listeners information, education, and insight into the exploding medical and adult-use cannabis industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, local growers, detractors, and more. Learn how to build your own cannabis business, how to grow the product, what's legal, and where it's legal. Tune in each week to hear the latest industry news and updates from the American Cannabis Industry Association in Washington, tips on investing in cannabis, personal success stories, and more. Join the conversation. To hear this show in its entirety, or to hear any of our archive shows, log on to americascannabisconversation.com and tune in for the next installment of America's Cannabis Conversation. W420radionetwork.com